Thank you, worship team. Appreciate that. We're going to sing that again at the end. I'm just going to tell you right now. Good morning. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something this morning that I need you to just kind of grasp with me, okay? There's an old saying um, that, that talks, that, that preachers use, and they say, I'm preaching to the choir, okay? Now, we don't have a choir, all right? But for those of you, <laughs> yes, Mitch, you're the choir, yes. For those of you that, that don't, you weren't raised in a church with a choir, Choirs behind you, they're the ones with the robes, they're here early, they practice during the week, they're, they're just here, they're, they're there for every service, right? So that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir this morning, and I need you to grasp that, okay? If you understand, just say yes. yes. Okay, uh, those of you that are faking it, thank you, I appreciate your sincerity. <laughs> We're talking uh, about this idea of honor, and... Um, the word honor in the Greek, it means value, to respect or esteem, to treat something as precious or weighty and valuable. And I shared something a couple of weeks ago that the Bible gives us two ways that we can honor God specifically. And one is with the first fruits of our giving, we call the tithe. And the other one is with the Sabbath. And today I want to talk about honoring the Lord with the Sabbath, honoring the Sabbath. But you say, what is the Sabbath? Strictly speaking, the Sabbath is a day of worship. That's what Sabbath really is. In the Jewish religion, Sabbath takes place on Saturday. And they observe uh, Sabbaths from sundown on Friday night until sundown on Saturday night. In the Christian faith, we have picked Sunday as our Sabbath. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 12, it says this, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. So Sabbath is not something new in Scripture, but it is something that we're to be reminded of. And things have changed a lot over the years, okay? When I was a kid, I can remember my mother would not go in a grocery store on a Sunday. I see some of you shaking your heads. You have the same memory that I do. But she felt that she was dishonoring the Sabbath by going into the grocery store. And I'm like, hey, we don't have anything to eat and I'm kind of starving here. Do you, I don't know if you know this, but even here in Michigan, we have something called blue laws. If you, if you really wanted to go real bad and buy a car today, you can't, I don't think you can buy a car in the state of Michigan on a Sunday because of blue laws. Other states, those laws are different, but in Michigan, you can't buy or sell a car at a dealer on a Sunday. In Nevada, you can't cut your grass on Sunday. In Pennsylvania, this is no joke, I live there. You cannot hunt on Sunday. 
I think you can fish, but you can't hunt. In Delaware, you can't buy alcohol on Sunday. The original intent of these laws is actually to enforce the Sabbath. That's why they exist. In the Old Testament, and this is, I, I, I'm being absolutely serious when, when this is what the, the Old Testament says, that the punishment in the Old Testament after the law was given and Moses had this situation come up, God said, honor the Sabbath, keep it holy. And they brought a man to Moses that was collecting firewood on the Sabbath. And Moses said, he's to be put to death. Put to death. So I want to talk this morning a little bit about reasons that we should honor the Sabbath. Give us an understanding about the Sabbath. First of all, the Sabbath is a gift. Today is a gift to each of us. Let's look at Mark chapter 2, verses 23 to 28. It says, One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? So even walking through a field where there is grain and you're hungry to pick that grain and eat it is a violation of the Sabbath. But Jesus dropped down to 27, verse 27, and he says this. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This day, one day a week, was made for you, was made for me. It is for us, but as we will determine, it may be for us, but it is to God. Do you get what I'm saying? It's for us, but it's to God. I'm going through premarital counseling with a couple in the church right now, and we're talking about the biblical concept of marriage. And in Genesis, God talks about knowing what is good, what is best for man. By creating Eve, God was demonstrating that he knew what was best for Adam. A covenant relationship. And when it comes to the Sabbath... God knows what is best for man. Sabbath is sometimes in the Hebrew called Shavat. It means to cease, to desist, and to rest. Did you know that Sabbath, the, the Sabbath is the only commandment because in the Ten Commandments it says, it says, honor the Lord, keep the Sabbath. It's the only commandment that we generally brag about breaking. Yeah, I had to work, I had to work. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pointing out anybody. In fact, I'm admitting I come from a, a, a manufacturing background in my family. Not me, but my dad worked for GM. And what we heard growing up, Sam, you can attest to this, 
It was about how many hours they worked, how many double shifts they worked, time and a half. It was all of those things. And whether, and I don't think my dad tried to, to, to ingrain it in me intentionally, but it got ingrained so that, that we grew up thinking that it's about how much you work. And that became something that intentionally or unintentionally really sunk into us. In fact, in, fact in, the, in the Old Testament, there were exceptions. You know, if there was an emergency on the Sabbath, and the example given in Scripture is if your ox has fallen in the ditch, okay? And you know what we do, in the, at least what we used to do in the church in the 70s and the 80s? When we were working on Sunday and somebody from the church saw us, brother, my ox is in the ditch. We would literally quote the Scripture, because we wanted them to know why we were doing what we're doing. But what happens if we don't have a Sabbath? What if, what if we don't have a day a week that we set aside? And I'm not talking about an hour either, or an hour and a half. What if we don't set aside a day to worship the Lord? What happens to us? What happens in our lives? One is that we stop worshiping together. I referred to Genesis and Adam and Eve. And God said he made Eve so that Adam and Eve could worship and obey together. Us being together, worshiping the Lord, obeying the Lord together is the purpose of the Sabbath. If we don't have a Sabbath it's so easy for us to lose our spiritual joy. It's easy for us to lose our perspective, to damage our relationships, even our own personal health. And I'll go this far and I'll explain it a little more in depth, but we lose the miracle of Sabbath by not taking a Sabbath. You see, God gave Sabbath to man as a gift. We say, I'm, I'm too busy. You don't understand. I have so much to do. I, I can't, not, it's just not possible. It's not possible. There's no way. Scripture says, remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. The Sabbath is for you, whether you realize it or not. It's for you, but it is to God. Number two, Sabbath is a miracle. Let me explain what I mean. We read in the book of Exodus that God delivered the Hebrews from being enslaved in Egypt. They were in slavery for 400 years, some Bible scholars say. There's a little difference of opinion, maybe 300, maybe 400. But they were enslaved for generations. That meant 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. They were a slave. When Pharaoh said, do this, they did it. When Pharaoh said, your, your quota for bricks per day is this, that was their quota. If they didn't meet that quota, they were punished. If he raised that quota, and, and, and then they had to do more. If he said, you know what, I'm not going to give you the straw. you got to go get your own straw. That's what they faced day in and day out for generations upon generations. So now let's move forward. God delivers them and now he parts the Red Sea. They walk through 
He leads them into a desert. God brings water from the rocks. He brings quail from the sky. And he brings this thing called manna. It's like bread. And it tastes like wafers made with honey. And God tells Moses what to tell the people. He said, I want you to tell them to go out every morning and I want them to collect this manna. It's literally on the ground. I want them to collect it and I want them to gather about three pounds per person. And that's what they're going to eat for the day. So if you have five pounds or five people in your family, somebody's got to gather 15 pounds of manna. And I want you to do that. And somebody's going to get smart and say, yeah, but if I work all day on Monday, I can gather enough food so that I don't have to go back out for the rest of the week. The problem was that the next morning, everything that was left over from the first day had maggots in it. You couldn't, you couldn't eat it. So you had to go out the next day. And you had to gather three pounds per person again that day. And then you went out the next day, three pounds per person that day. And it continued all the way until the sixth day. And God said through Moses, here's what I want you to do. On the sixth day, I don't want you to gather three pounds of manna per person. I want you to get six pounds per person. And here's the miracles of Sabbath. That sixth day where you gather six pounds even though on Monday it didn't last till the next day, Tuesday didn't last till the next day, if you tried to make it last, it wouldn't last. The miracle is that on the seventh day, everything extra that you gathered on Saturday, it's going to last. And in fact, if somebody thinks, well, I don't have time to gather twice as much on Saturday, I'll just get up on Sunday and I'll go out and gather it then. There was no manna on the seventh day. And you think, well, that's just kind of lucky. It happened for 40 years that way. Manna came six days a week. They gathered twice as much on Saturday. There was none on the seventh day. Exodus 16, 22, it says, on the sixth day they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. The miracle is that Saturday, what we gather on Saturday, lasts through until Sunday. Verse uh, 23, the first part of 23 in Exodus 16, he said to them, this is what the Lord commanded, tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath unto the Lord. God provides a miracle, a miracle, if we will dare to obey him. It's just like the tithe, which I preached about a couple of weeks ago. What does the scripture say about the tithe? Test me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you that is so significant that you can't believe it and you won't have enough room to hold it all. That is the miracle of the tithe. That the 90% will last as long as the 100%. The miracle of Sabbath is that the six will get you just as far as the seven. You say, this is crazy. There is no way that this is possible. Well, 
a guy named Truett, Kathy, he decided to put his confidence in this. And in 1946, he opened up a restaurant with his brother. They both worked in the restaurant industry. They knew that it was an exhausting industry. Often there were people working 12-hour shifts, so you'd have one crew on for 12, one and a second crew on for 12 after that. It was exhausting. And when Truett Cathy opened his restaurant, he said, you know what, I want people to be able to rest. In fact, I want them to be able to worship. And so they decided that day we're not going to be open on Sundays. Now you think, well, it's 1946, maybe not that big of a deal. But let me tell you, one of Truett Cathy's restaurants today generates as much income on an average daily basis as two McDonald's. Four Wendy's restaurants, five Burger King's. One of his restaurants is in the stadium where the Atlanta Falcons play. When do the Atlanta Falcons play? On Sundays. When I heard this, I'm like, that's kind of a dumb business model idea. 2019, guess what game was played in February 2019 in that stadium? Take a guess. The Super Bowl. They don't play the Super Bowl on Tuesday. They play the Super Bowl on Sunday. Truett Cathy, they didn't change their minds. They said, no, we've got to keep doing exactly what we are doing. Chick-fil-A makes more in six days than others make in seven. And it is based on God's word, on the Sabbath. The miracle of the Sabbath is that working 40 and taking a day to worship God is going to be better for you than trying to work 55 hours a week. Studies prove it over and over again. In fact, the closer you get to 55 hours, the dumber you get. It is scientifically proven. But as I said earlier, the way I grew up is the more hours you work, the more valuable you are. But truth be told, the dumber you are. Literally. Sabbath is a miracle. Verse 29 and 30 of Exodus 16. Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone must stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. The people, so the people rested, rested on the seventh day. Sabbath, just like the tithe, is a miracle from God. And Israel, the Hebrews needed it because they didn't know any better. They needed the law of God to show them because they were used to working seven days a week for generations. Number three, Sabbath follows a pattern. This is really important, okay? 
you may not understand it. You may pick up your Bible and look at it and think, that is too deep to understand. That is too big, too massive. It is a book of patterns. And there is a pattern in Scripture regarding the Sabbath. Let's look at creation. Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. But the seventh day, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. The Sabbath is made holy by, literally by God's example. How incredible is that? Do you realize that in the Old Testament, under the law, every seventh year, they did not plant crops? They let the, the land have a Sabbath. That would kill farmers today. We would say, no, there's no way, it's not possible. Truett Cathy, by being closed on Sunday, Chick-fil-A, do you know how much they lose According to those that track those business numbers, Business Insider is the, the group that tracks it, a billion dollars a year. And yet they're, they're, each location is still doing twice as much business as an average McDonald's, like I said. Every seventh year, the land rested. Every 50th year was called the year of Jubilee. You guys would love this. Nobody worked the whole year. The whole year. Can I get an amen? amen? Thank you. Nobody worked. We see it repeated over and over in Scripture. In the law of Moses, Exodus chapter 20, starting at verse 8, remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Six days you will labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. For in six days, verse 11, it says, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. How about in the church? In the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. He connects it back to creation. Do you know in the parable of Jesus of the talents, remember the, the five, the two, and the one? And when the, the guy with five came and said, Lord, I, I've, I've, I've got, I've, you gave me five and I've got five more that I have, I have been able to, to make from those five. What did he say? He said, enter into the joy of your master's rest. So rest is not defined by us. Oh, I'm, I'm fine. I don't need any rest. God defines our rest. Not only that, I, I want you to understand something. That when you think about, about rest, when you think about the Sabbath, this, this hit me today, heaven will be an eternal Sabbath. You're like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Do you know why you think that way? 
because for generations we've been doing it the wrong way. And when we get to heaven, God's going to show us the right way. So for now, he said, keep the Sabbath. Say, man, what happens if we don't keep the Sabbath? I'm not worried about this generation, but what about the next generation? If we don't keep the Sabbath, if we don't keep the Sabbath, our kids and our grandkids, they're not going to have anything to do with getting together, gathering together to worship the Lord together. They just won't do it. And if they're not doing that, they may not have anything to do with the Lord, period. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, he said, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Friends, the world needs you and I to practice Sabbath. To gather together. To worship the Lord together. To be together. Work six days. Honor the Lord with the seventh. Follow that biblical pattern. Give one day to worship the Lord. And not, like I said, not just an hour. When we do that, it protects our bodies from wearing out. protects our minds from burning out. It protects our spirits from tuning out. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, well, that's the Old Testament. I don't really need to obey that. Scripture uses the word remember. Remember the Sabbath. What else does God tell us to remember? I'm going to invite those that are going to serve communion this morning, if they would come, and they're just going to begin passing the elements. And as they do, we're going to remember the Lord's Supper. And we're going to worship together. The worship team is coming and Here's what I want you to do as you, go ahead, come on, yep, just begin to serve. Yep, thank you. What I want you to do is I want you to grab the elements, and in a moment we're going to get a little crazy, okay? We're going to get a little crazy. We're going to get a little more together. I shouldn't say some of the things I do. Some of you out there are like, oh my goodness, what's he going to do? We came the wrong day. I'm going to invite you after you've been served. Bring it with you. Come on up. Come on up. Spread out. But come on up. And you don't have to be a member of Silver Creek Church to participate in communion. We're a part of the body of Christ, amen? Amen. Come on, press in, crowd in. If you're out in the hub and you want to come in, come on in. If you're in the wiggle room, come on in. 
just a minute, we're going to sing that song that we sang a little bit earlier, but we gotta, we need to take communion first because people are going to spill stuff everywhere, okay? Jesus, in Luke chapter 22, he said, and he took bread and he gave thanks and gave it to them saying, this is my body given to you for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We're supposed to remember the Sabbath and we remember the Lord's death through communion. Okay? Jesus said, hey, I want you to remember this stuff. I want you to implement this stuff in your life. In 1 Corinthians 11, it says, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the body of Jesus that was given for us on the cross. And so we take this bread and we say, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Would you partake of the bread? And Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for our sin to forgive us. Not one sin, not just the past sins, but God, past, present, and future for the world, God, I pray that we would walk in that forgiveness today. Would you partake of the cup together? Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Worship team, would you lead us? After this song is done, we'll consider ourselves dismissed, but let's honor the Lord today as we worship and obey together. Amen.